This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com. Bobby Orr, behind the net, the Sanderson, the Bobby Orr! For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like Eddie Shore. Yeah. With writer and producer Brian DeFelice. Brian DeFelice is an emerging talent. Bridget Prude. Yeah, he's a little bit on the hot seat. Burn him! And WEEI.com Bruins writer Scott McLaughlin. Oh, great stuff. Lace him up for some bees talk right now. I'm looking at a It's the Skate Pod on WEEI. Before, uh, before we move on to... David Krejci injury. Just your guys' thoughts on Jeremy Swayman had a bounce back performance tonight. Yeah, big. Uh, you know, it's been nine days since his last game, I think. And, you know, obviously they rode Ulmark, which is the right call because he just kept winning. Um, but, you know, I think this is exactly, this is what they expected from Swayman coming back into, you know, into uh, a start. And it's what they got. Like, Obviously, you know, I still don't think there's any reason to panic if like he comes out and has another tough game. They have plenty of games coming up. He's going to play. But you want to see him, you know, make sure it's not two bad games in a row. And obviously there are things that he was working on in between. Um, but, you know, he's... I think Swayman always comes across as very even keel. And, like, I don't think he was down on himself after that last game or whatever. He... He made a promise. He said, you know, if this isn't going to happen the next time I get in there again, I'll be better. Um, and there wasn't, I don't think there was like a whole lot of doubt that he would be, but even beyond just being better, I mean, he was, he was really good. Uh, yeah. And Thursday he, night. he said to us in the post game, this first time in a while we got to talk to him, but he said, I, I asked him, you know, what were the conversations like between him and Allmark throughout the time that, you know, Swayman wasn't playing and, and he's like, Oh, we always talk. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're close. And we, we both have the goal that we're going to be the best goalie tandem in the NHL. So really they kind of see it more like a, a, a team effort anyway, which we already knew. Um, but they're, they're pushing each other, um, which is something we've heard from them and coaches, um, so the better Allmark plays, like the better Swayman feels like he needs to play. And it's just a good thing for the Bruins to have that kind of a dynamic going. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I dating back to last year, I mentioned too, I just like their dynamic between them off the ice. Like they're competitive, obviously, but they, they root for each other. Like they kind of view each other as, as one really. Um, and so it, it enables them to kind of just, you know, go through the entire season and not, not have any jealousy or, or whatever towards the other guy. Like they're in it together. Who's who, no matter who's starting, who, who's opening the, the bench door. Um, so in the second period of this game, as we mentioned off the top, the top six was together for the first time this year, but not for long. Uh, what was it? Was it Rasmussen that creature yeah. got tangled up with? And, yeah. you know, you look at the replay and um, the only thing that kind of stands out is, is what, Rasmussen was called for, which was the the follow through high stick. But if you watch Krejci's body language skating off the ice, he was kind of favoring it looked like a shoulder, arm, wrist type thing, not his head. So I don't know what you guys made of that injury. Well, we yeah. had a hard time. I think everybody had a hard time trying to figure out what what he was actually favoring. At first, I thought it was the right side arm or shoulder. 
then I thought, you know, maybe the follow through on the stick. But now that I've had a chance to see it a few more times, I do think he got butt ended and in, in like the right side of his chest or rib area somewhere in the core. Yeah. Um, and I think it would have been left side. But yeah, I think that's what happened. OK, so it looked like he took a butt end from Rasmussen to the core before Rasmussen high sticked him in the face. I originally was like, oh, maybe it is a head injury because he stumbles when he gets off off the ice. And sometimes you have that like lack of coordination when you just um, been stunned by a head injury. But I I think most likely uh, on, on like further watching it over and over, I think it's a an injury with a butt end, hopefully not too hard into the ribs. Um, that's what that's what I would be worried about. Yeah, and it, like it, even the butt end, it, like it's hard to see if it's definitely in the ribs or like does is it into his arm? Like could it be you know like an arm injury? It's all we know is you know after the game they said or when they ruled him out they said upper body and then both Jim Montgomery and Don Sweeney said he won't play Friday night. Uh, you know, continue to get evaluated tomorrow, and you know maybe we'll get some sort of update or more clarity from Montgomery before after Friday night's game. But yeah, just a really weird play because like you said, like his, his reaction is so delayed, which, you know, like at first that, that makes you think head, right. Cause we've seen guys who, you know, suffer concussion and you don't really notice it until they take a few steps. Yeah. But the way he was hunched over, I do think it was something midsection or arm but you know that's still just a guess until until we get any sort of clarity i don't know if this adds any context clues but he dropped a stick like he started skating away was holding it then he dropped it didn't like just completely left it behind maybe i don't know it was too he was even in too much pain to to worry about the stick um and clearly he was in um a lot of pain when he stumbled onto the bench and kind of needed help. Yeah, it, it really is difficult to, to see exactly what it was. Um, you know, you're dropping the stick. Is it one of those situations where, yeah, the the midsection pain was so was so unbearable, he just said screw it and dropped the stick? Was it because uh, Rasmussen kind of um, bent, it, bent Krejci's wrist backwards that we just couldn't see through body contact? Like, who knows, really? Um, but what we'll, what is somewhat encouraging is I saw online that um, he was spotted leaving the garden with nothing on, like no cast, no nothing or anything like that. So I don't know if cast is what he would be wearing, but there's, he wasn't seen wearing anything. Um, yeah, so that was from, from Matt, Matt Porter of the Globe had that update. He had seen him and didn't notice like any any visible, you know, whatever. What Like you said, like a cast or any sort of protection covering anything um sling yeah would only like kind of suggest that it wasn't like upper like it wasn't like upper shoulder like shoulder or arm but like i mean you can still have something like going on with your chest or or, you know if it was a concussion you're obviously not going to be wearing anything out of the rink so and i think another part of it too is like they're off to a seven and one start same goes for Martian, right? You're seven and one. It's a back to back. Like it could just be precautionary where it's like, all right, we're flying out to Columbus. Do we really need to 
to push these guys tomorrow night or just have them stay home for a few days and whatever's ailing. Krejci, just, you know, kind of let it blow over. Hopefully it's one of those situations. But obviously, you know, his health long-term is very vital to this to the, to the Bruins' success this year. It's 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 everything that they didn't have last year up the middle, right? So um, it, it doesn't appear to be a head injury. If it were, that would be much more alarming because of reasons we've discussed with other players, and it's just uncertain. Um, but if it is something minor that just kind of happens over the course of a season, I think we can probably sleep a little bit better tonight. Nolan's probably something like that. Again, it didn't look too bad. It just looked like a, one of those hockey plays, right? So, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not as optimistic as you. I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just a gut feeling that I think he might be out for a little bit of time. Like, I don't think he's coming back, um, you know, after one game or two games. I just feel like it looked bad enough where I think it was one of those injuries that it doesn't, you don't might not think that it looked bad, the actual play, but whatever the injury was on the inside was actually pretty bad. I don't, I just have that feeling that that's what's going on. I don't, especially with how quickly they were like completely ruling him out for traveling and whatnot. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my gut feeling. Well, Scott, what's your what's your gut telling you? Uh, I, I don't have a gut feeling. I I have no no idea. Not gonna guess. Um, I mean, they have three full days off after Friday. They don't play again until Tuesday. That is so. And, and they positive there. And they do come home. Like I know, you know, you look at this on the schedule. It's a four game road trip, but they're they're coming back to Boston after the Columbus game. Um. So, you know, we'll see if he's able to rejoin them for a practice at some point. You know, to your point, like, I, I don't think there's certainly not a rush if he needs to miss a week. Like, I think they'll be fine with that. You just hope it's not long term. And, you know, where where it gets interesting is um, obviously with the Stanika trade, they free up one roster spot. And I think everyone's thinking was that was going to be Mike Riley coming back up. So with Marshane getting activated, they sent Mike Riley down to Providence on Thursday, which by which, the way, he was not in Providence. He was on the ninth floor with us. I saw. Yeah, him so it, it was a paper move. He yeah, was, was going to get recalled after the Stanika trade. Now the crazy injury injury kind of throws a wrench into that. Mark Diver already reported that he expects Jacob Loco to be recalled. Um, so Loco will probably be joining them in Columbus, which means either Riley then actually stays in Providence or, or I should say actually goes to Providence or just hangs around Boston and like, isn't doing anything for a few days. Or if Krejci's, if they know Krejci's going to miss, you know, a few games, then they put Krejci on injured reserve and then you call up both Loco and Riley. So in the immediate short term, you know, a couple things to figure out there right now, you know, if they call Loco up, then they're back to like their, I think that would be 13 forwards. And uh, even without Riley, they still have seven defensemen. But, um, you know, like I said, I think the original plan was Riley was going to come right back. And now crazy kind of throws a wrench into that where Loco is probably going to be the first one back. And then they're going to have to see, you know, whether Krejci needs to go on IR or if it is only a one game, uh, you know, one game absence. Yeah. And, and Don, 
Don Sweeney was also asked about this in his press conference after the game. And he said, you know, you know, maybe it's going to be Riley or maybe we go down to Providence to grab a forward. What did he say? We might run seven defensemen. Yeah. Is what he said. So like that would mean Riley would be the one making the trip. If that's well, the case, they have, he they have seven say, defensemen even without Riley. So, yeah, well, I just mean because in the context, it was in the same like sentence where he was saying like, oh, you know, we were maybe going to bring Riley, but now we don't know. So, um, so yeah, well, actually, just quick point on that. I thought Zaboral did not have a great game. He had a real bad turnover in the first True. period, just like a point blank chance he gave up because he came around the back of the net and just like either didn't see the guy. He tries to make a play up the middle. Or I think he just straight up missed Charlie Coyle with a pass. I like, think he did too. I was going to say he like whiffed the pass kind of a little bit and just yeah. didn't connect and it ended up in a real bad situation right in the middle of the zone for an easy chance the other way. And by Please. the way, the Craig Smith also had a brutal turnover on the one goal the Red Wings actually did have. And I thought, I thought Smith mostly played a good game, um, you know, in that fourth line role, but uh, he also had a really bad turnover that that actually did end up in the back of the net. I think I think the honeymoon period for Zaboral is kind of starting to run thin. Obviously, you know he was out the majority of last year. Comes back in camp and looked pretty good in the first half of camp. But unless he just wants to be a lifelong ceiling third pair defenseman, he's going to start to have to do something. One have one attribute that's that's relatively elite or above average, right? I mean, he's a good skater, but he's not overly physical. His He's not a playmaking defenseman. He's not a efficient shooter. So he needs to really start to pick it up uh, in one aspect to stand out amongst others um, because he just kind of does everything pretty pretty average um, at that level. I mean, he's a, he's obviously an above average skater in general, but I just mean compared to his, uh, his counterparts. Mm-hmm. 